Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Helix Reviews podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking about Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn Season 1. Birds of Prey, uh, essentially Harley Quinn getting her own standalone movie, more or less. I mean, there's other superheroes in there, but this is more of like Harley Quinn's kind of standalone movie as compared to her introduction in Suicide Squad. And then Harley Quinn also has a new animated TV series coming out on DC Universe, the uh, DC-only streaming service. Season 1 is out. Apparently, Season 2 is coming up, like, real soon, real quick. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, the Season 1 just ended not that long ago, and Season 2 is about to start up pretty soon. So I guess they're going through this pretty quick, but I'll talk about that series near the, uh, well, in the latter half of this episode. First off, let's just, let's just dive right in. Let's talk about Birds of Prey. Can I help you? Why, yes, yes, you can. I'm here to report a terrible crime. And what terrible crime is that? This one. I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. Birds of Prey in the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. After breaking up with the Joker, Harley Quinn is forced to join forces with a gaggle of other uh, misfit characters here with characters like Black Canary, Huntress, uh, Renice Montoya, and others to save this young girl that is in the crosshairs of an evil crime lord, Black Mask. And soon enough, I was back on my feet ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. <laughs> it's oh so quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people You're want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list is this guy. Themes, messages, ideas, this is the part of the show where I break down what kind of thematic content is in this movie and uh, uh, just look at it from uh, a Christian worldview here. Now, this is a very feminist movie, just right off the bat, easy to tell, a, a very feminist movie for sure. And, uh, okay, well, th okay, this specifically, this movie, it's about women getting out from under the thumb of, of men is what this movie is about. Now, each one of these ladies' uh, lives is, is being controlled by men or a man or something in, in some way. They're being controlled by men in some way, right? And, uh, you know, Harley Quinn is being used by the Joker, and this is kind of her breakup movie uh, from the Joker, so it starts out with her already being broke up with the Joker. Uh, but, you know, Harley Quinn being used by the Joker, Black Canary is uh, Black Mask's lackey. Uh, Huntress's family was killed by a, a bunch of men, and then now, you know, the trajectory of her life was uh, changed massively uh, by men because now she's on this, this uh, revenge mission. And, you know, so since she's being controlled by men because of her revenge mission kind of thing, you know. So all of these, uh, and even uh, Renee Montoya, who is a... Uh, a cop here that's that's 
actually hunting down the birds of prey. Her life is controlled by her uh, male chief of police, you know, that's that's above her. And this seems to be, uh, like, uh, with the Me Too movement and with, like, with, with our, our culture right now where it's at, uh, this this seems to kind of be a, a, a prevalent idea and theme and, and, uh, and a lot of stuff and just in our, our culture right now of... Uh, you know, the men are the dominant force and now women need to take over or just get out of the, the thumb of, of the man or, or whatever, right? Um, so, okay, a, f- a few thoughts on this. Uh, I mean, first off, men and women were created equal from the very beginning, right? Equal but not the same, I, I feel like I should point out. That's I always say that, I think, when I'm talking about men and women being equal, but equal but not the same. And I, I think that line gets blurred uh, too often in our current uh, culture where we're at now. Uh, look up uh, Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created male and female in his image equally, right? So it's, it's not like you know, man was made in his image and then ladies are like, sorry, you're out of luck or something. No, you know, we're both equally made in God's image, right? And then the, the following verses then give, uh, you know, the domain of the earth and the plants and the animals to both Adam and Eve, you know, God tasks them with taking care of and populating the earth. This isn't a command just given to Adam, right? And it's it's given to both of them, both men and women, both Adam and Eve. And, uh, you know, so no, like women should not just be subservient to, to men. Women are not the lesser sex, as some would say, you know, or whatever. They're, they're just different, right? Uh, now, in... In in the context of a marriage, the man is supposed to to lead the family, and the the wives are supposed to submit to the husbands. Right, Ephesians five on that. the The reason is for this is because this is a, a picture of God's relationship with the church. Right, in the same way uh, that we're supposed to submit to God's leadership. Uh, wives are supposed to submit to the leadership of their husbands, right? Now, I, I bring this up because this is a, a biblical example of women being under the, the leadership of a man, right? But it should it should still be a voluntary thing. You know, husbands, don't, don't force your wives to submit to you, right? And in the same way that we have to choose to follow God, wives have to choose to, to follow their husbands, right? Uh, I think... The, the feminist movement is, in large part, kind of the destruction of this type of, of biblical marriage, which is, uh, I guess, just one of the reasons I, I don't agree with the feminist, feminist movement in a, in a lot of respects. Uh, now, in the context of this movie, all these women are, are under some bad men, right? You know, they're, they should escape this, this relationship that they have. Maybe with the exception of Renee Montoya. I mean, yes, her, uh, her, the, her boss is not the best, but I do think there's, there's ways that maybe you can work with that or work that out or something. But anyway, uh, you know, in, in the context of this movie, the men are, the men that are controlling these women are, are bad, right? These men uh, abuse the relationship. They abuse the power and they, they abuse the women, right? So uh, they're, they're trying to escape these, these cruel men. And when they do, it's, it's a joyous thing, right? You're rooting for them to, to do that, which 
and you should be, right? Because they're, they are, you know, Harley Quinn is under the thumb of this, the Joker, who is this horrible, controlling person, right? And so when she gets out from under that, that should be this happy, joyous thing. But I don't think that's all the movie is talking about. If it is, if it is just that, or if it was just that, then I would say, okay, yes. But this movie it seems to kind of support the idea that we live in, you know, a rape culture. You know, that pretty much all men are just sexist pigs who wanted to rape women and and don't want women to have any kind of power and all this kind of stuff. That's that's presented in multiple ways in this movie and. Now, I'm not going to say, you know, that there's not people like that that maybe exist, okay, but I think that that the general statement that this is like the standard, it's just, it's just plain false, you know, it's, it's just not true, you know, it's, uh, in our culture now, not only have we, you know, gotten to the point where men and women are equal, which is good, but I, I do think we're getting to the point where men and women are, are viewed as the same, which is is not good, uh, <laughs> and because of this, this ultimately, ultimately, this leads to like uh, homosexuality and, and transgenderism and the whole binary gender thing, you know, uh, and ultimately, it, it will lead to even worse. Uh, the the themes of this movie they're very me too, as I said earlier on. They're they're very kind of me too movement kind of messages, and that's. I don't think that's a positive thing. I think the the Me Too movement is a uh, is a wrong reaction to a real problem. You know, the problem being of some of these very powerful uh, men that are are very controlling. That we're in Hollywood and and we're in different places. Like my my focus was in Hollywood because that's the news I keep up on more than some of the other news. But uh, you know, so, so like, you know, the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, you know, it's like, okay, there was definitely some people and some people in power that were, you know, creeps and sexist and horrible. And now a lot of those seem to be kind of moving out, you know, Harvey Weinstein, I think went to jail. Uh, but then I think, again, I just think it's the wrong reaction to it. A problem that is there, right? So, Yes, the problem's there. Do Does that mean we live in a rape culture? Does that mean, uh, you know, all these different things? No, I, I don't think so. And I think it's... This movie has some elements of those Me Too movement kind of ideas that I, I just don't necessarily uh, agree with and I, I don't think are the, the right way to handle this kind of stuff. That said, uh, you know, while watching this movie, the these, you know, all these women are under the thumbs of these evil people and when you see them get out of that, it is a happy and, and joyous thing. Moving on to the review. But it turns out... <laughs> that wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in love. We can't just rob him. You betrayed him. You killed his BFF. What? You are so cool. You never. And you're dumb enough to be building a case against him. So, unless we all want to die very unpleasant death, we're gonna have to work together. 
I love the character of Harley Quinn. I think she's a lot of fun, and I was excited to see her uh, get something like her more standalone movie or something more with her, even you know, outside of Suicide Squad. Now, I enjoyed Suicide Squad, but it has a lot of problems. Actually, the uh, the director's cut of Suicide Squad I watched, and actually, I think that fixes some problems, but it still has. Even then, it still has a lot of problems. But one of the things I think Suicide Squad got right was Harley Quinn as a character. And uh, so now we're going to flesh that character out a lot more here. And uh, and that's, that's what this movie is is kind of all about. You know, it's it's Suicide Squad and the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Or it's, it's something like that. I just said it a moment ago. But so the, the focus is definitely on Harley Quinn. Now, I, I do wish they didn't break up the Joker and Harley Quinn just yet, you know, I mean, because we barely got to see that relationship together. I would have liked to seen that relationship together. And so then when the break off happens, you know, it can be an even more joyous thing. It can be a, a better thing to see. Oh, OK, this bad, abusive relationship and then her breaking free from that. I think that could have been handled better. But at the same time, I, I kind of get the decision to do this because I don't think they want to bring back Jared Leto's Joker, especially after the Joaquin Phoenix movie did so well and everything. Uh, I don't think they want to bring that one back in. And so, I mean, he he's like, that's the Joker she's breaking up from. So it's still that same Joker and stuff. But uh, but I, I, I guess I get the decision not to... Uh, not to bring that Joker back into this yet. Uh, I mean, this is pretty much just what I, I wanted from a post-Joker solo Harley Quinn movie. Now, maybe you're going, wait, now this isn't technically a solo Harley Quinn movie, right? It's it's Birds of Prey, right? It's, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a Birds of Prey movie technically, but, I mean, really, this is as much a, a Birds of Prey movie as Deadpool 2 was an X-Force movie. Because, yeah, that's this is the start of the Birds of Prey. This is like the origins of the team, but it also it just happens to be in a dead in a Harley Quinn movie, right? In the same way that the origins of the X Force team just happens to be in a Deadpool movie, you know. So this is pretty much a Harley Quinn standalone movie, but it's it's happens to be in a, a Birds of Prey movie. Now this movie it's fast paced, zany, hectic, and it's it's really just focused on having fun. And I had a lot of fun watching this movie. The story it's all over the place, but I think in a good way, honestly. It, it's maybe a bit choppy at points, but I really enjoyed the story and, and like where everything went. It was it was a lot of fun. Now, uh, where this movie really shines the most is 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 the part that's the most important to me for, as far as movies go, and, and that's the characters. If you get the characters right, I'll, I'll probably like your movie. Now, a lot of these characters I already liked from the comics, and several of them have shown up in like Arrowverse and Gotham and stuff like that before, but how are these new versions of these characters? Well, let's start with Harley Quinn, though, before we get to the new characters. Margot Robbie is back as Harley Quinn. We already know she's a great Harley Quinn, and she excels in this movie. She is great. This is Harley Quinn 
done right, in my opinion. They cut down on some of that over-sexualization from her character that was in Suicide Squad, and they really just actually focus on her character, which is great. That's that's what I wanted. You know, this is a, a breakup movie for Harley Quinn where she has to figure out, you know, what she's going to do after getting out of this abusive, controlling relationship. And, and again, I wish we could have seen this established in a previous movie, whether it would have been a Joker, Harley Quinn movie or a Batman movie or something else. I don't know, but it was it was barely established before they broke it off. But uh, this movie starts with Harley Quinn in the pits, you know, and and she's depressed, and everyone is now kind of out to kill her because you know the Joker's not protecting her anymore. And then we move forward from there, and she changes from there, and it's good character work. This is again what I wanted to see out of out of Harley Quinn moving forward here. Now, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I like this actress. She's a uh, huntress, and uh, I like this character as well. They are a, a great fit. This actor and this character are a, a great fit together. We kind of get the, the Cliff Notes version of her origin story in this, but it's, it's not enough that you, like, understand, understand the characters, you know, like... Uh, you get her motivations and stuff, but ultimately it's it's kind of just enough there to root for her, but really not a whole lot more. So I would definitely like to see more of this character. And and I really like the way uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays this character. Like, she's she's not very good with people or, or making conversation in, or anything. Uh, she's very mission-minded, right? She's mission-kind-of-oriented. She can make and execute a plan excellently. Uh, but when it comes to maybe some more of the actually communicating with people, she's not as good at. And she really does add a, a different kind of fun dynamic to the team uh, once the team starts to, to actually come together. Uh, I definitely think she could be fleshed out more as a character in future movies, so I, I definitely hope we see more of this character. Uh, Journey Smollett-Bell plays Black Canary, and I liked her, uh, but I, I definitely think, think we just, like, barely scratched the surface with this character. Uh, I think they kind of, they put her in an interesting spot with her being the, uh, you know, an unwilling lackey to, to Black Mask, right? And and they did some interesting stuff with that for sure, but I really feel like she started to shine near the end of the movie, you know, after starting to get out of that, and I would like to see more of her in the future, you know, because when she started to shine even more is like, oh, this is really good, and I would, again, I, I would like to see more of that. Also, uh, Black Canary sings in this movie, which is awesome. Like, I don't know if this was always a part of her character, uh, but there's a Black Canary run in the comics, uh, written by Brandon Fletcher, where she's a rock star with this amazing voice, and I, I really enjoyed those comics. Those comics were a lot of fun. Check them out if you haven't. Um, so that was, that was cool that they added that to the character here as well. I really enjoyed Black Canary. Rosie Perez is Renice Montoya, 
who I, I didn't even know actually was going to be in this movie, but she actually plays a, a really big role in this movie, and she was good. Uh, she's probably the uh, least interesting of that core cast of characters here, uh, but when she is with the group, she adds a new dynamic, but if they're going to move forward with this character, I really... Uh, I would like to see more out of her, you know? Uh, I will say that she doesn't look like she should be able to be fighting some of the people that she is fighting in this. She looks too old to be fighting some of these younger, like, buff dudes that are, she's fighting. It's like, I, I looked it up after watching the movie, and she's 56, and in a in a movie where sometimes I was questioning like how some of the younger ladies were going to toe to toe with some of these really big guys, uh, I, I think maybe they pushed the line a, a little bit too far with this character. Ellie J. Bosco plays Cassandra Kane, and you may be saying, "Wait." Is that a version of Batgirl? Is Batgirl in this movie? Or, or maybe it's Orphan, because she's also Orphan in the comics? Well, no. She could be this character down the line, I guess. But right now, she's just kind of this kid character that just kind of, you know, un unwittingly gets caught up in the all the action. And Harley Quinn starts to take in a liking to her. And, you know, that's just, she's just some kid character. She's not any of those comic book characters that she is. At least uh, not right now. And I feel like that this is kind of uh, a... a big stereotype at this point, you know, the kid that gets caught up in all the action and all this kind of stuff, uh, and it, it seems like we've seen that so many times, I mean, even Deadpool 2, which I, I compared this movie to earlier, is an example of that, right, and, uh, I mean, that said, I did enjoy her character, I, I thought she was good, and, and she actually brings, she brings a lot of comedy and just enough heart to the role that she's never like the annoying kid character that, that sometimes happens with these kind of movies. But I would be fine seeing them slow down on this, this kind of trend here. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. Now, I think he's kind of underdeveloped in here. Uh, I really like Ewan McGregor and I think he is what brings this role up, you know? If it was anybody else doing this role, I think it could have it could have been fine and he was a fine villain and that's more or less what he is here. He's a fine villain, but I think Ewan McGregor brings him brings it a notch up just from his performance. I I really I enjoyed Black Mask, but I do think he could have been a, a better villain here, ultimately. Uh, Victor Zaz is in this movie. Another character I just had no idea was in this movie. He had not a huge role per se, but he had a, a significant role in this movie, which was cool. And, and you know, he's just kind of the creepy villain that Victor Zaz is. You know, he's he was never a big villain in the comics, at least not as far as I know. Maybe he's a bigger villain than I realize, but... You know, he popped up in, he's in Gotham, he popped up in uh, Batman Begins, I think he was in. Uh, you know, he, he's in a, a few different places, Zaz, and now here he is, and he's kind of just, you know, the the creepy little villain guy that he is, but it's, it's I don't know, it's cool that he's in this movie, I guess. Uh, I think this movie 
succeeded where Suicide Squad failed at bringing this team together in a way where you understand why they are fighting together. Like, you remember that moment in Suicide Suicide Squad where El Diablo says, I'm not losing another family, and then the rest of us are going, I don't know that you've really earned that yet. Well, you don't, oh well, uh, you don't have that moment in, in Birds of Prey. They built up that team dynamic enough that by the end of the movie, You buy into it. And they don't push it too far. They don't push it to the point of, oh, I'm losing another family or something. Because they're not quite there yet by the time the movie ends. And that's okay. Because, again, this this feels like the backdoor pilot to an actual Birds of Prey movie out of a Harley Quinn movie. You know, that's more what it feels like than an actual Birds of Prey movie. And when this team is together... It's gold. The characters bounce off each other wonderfully. It's so much fun and so entertaining. I really love this team. I I definitely want a sequel with this team together from the outset doing some mission or something, right? You know, that's I I definitely want more of this. Uh, There's a ton of cool stuff here from the comics as as well, which I I was really happy to see. Even some stuff from fairly recent comics, I think, which is interesting, like the the Burt's Canary, Black Canary being a singer. Again, I don't know. Maybe that was in older comics, but I only experienced that in some newer comics I've read with her. Uh, Harley Quinn plays roller derby as a side gig in this. And of course, you know, she's busting heads doing that. That's from the more recent Harley Quinn series. Uh, She has a stuffed beaver that she talks to and it may talk to her back, question mark. I don't know exactly. Uh, That's also from the newer Harley Quinn series. Uh, Harley has her hyena. That's all the way back from the, the original, you know, straight from the Batman, the animated series. Uh, but that's, that's awesome. It's, it's cool that they brought that in there, even though if it doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay, there's, there's some things in here that, that don't quite make sense. Uh, (laughs) and there's a little bit of, of fourth wall breaking, which I, I do question the necessity of a bit, but it was never anything like nearly on the level of like Deadpool or something. So good. You know, we don't, we don't need that. I don't think, uh, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is great. There's lots of rock. There's lots of rap music. You know, uh, very much a, a soundtrack kind of movie with lots of of uh, popular songs and stuff that did a good job of of uh, setting the the tone of the movie. There's some action sequences in here that are really cool and really fun and like kind of over the top and and kind of outlandish at points, but in a in a, a very fun, stylish, just fun way. Very fun. As I said earlier, this movie is focused on fun, and I had a lot of fun while watching it. And all in all, I thought this movie was a blast. I thought it was a lot of fun. I like these characters. I want to see more. I want to see a sequel to this. I I want to see... Birds of Prey 2 or Harley Quinn 1 spinning out with her actually getting a solo movie or something. I don't know. No, honestly, I just I want to see Birds of Prey 2 with all these characters together. I want to see more of Huntress, more of Black Canary, more of these characters that they started here and they did really well. And I I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. Sure.
Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Birds of Prey is rated R for strong violence and language throughout, and some sexual and drug material. I would give it a four out of five stars on the enjoyability scale. Are we ready? You blow up is it that Harley Quinn, of all characters, is becoming the Iron Man of the DC Universe? She's this surprise smash success from a little-known character outside of the, the comic books, and now we have this actress that just perfectly suits the role. She stands out as a, a fan favorite in a team-up movie, and not only is she basically like getting her own solo movie, she's also appearing to, to be kind of the Kickstarter of new characters and stuff in their own movies with this Birds of Prey movie. And, I mean, I love Harley Quinn. I liked her character for a long time now, but I never would have expected like her to be the face of the DC Universe in the way that she is now. It's kind of nuts. She's the Iron Man of the DC Universe, and I, I would have never seen that coming. But hey, you know what? I really like Harley Quinn, so that's cool, I guess. It's kind of weird that she's like a villain, kind of, more or less, and being the face. But okay, interesting. I really like Harley Quinn, so I guess, okay. Uh, moving on to the Harley Quinn the Animated Series here, but first, the Helix Reviews Podcast is a proud member of the Christian Geek Central Network, a hub of all kinds of cool Christian geeky stuff from around the web, all funneled to ChristianGeekCentral.com. Check it out. Okay, let's talk about the Harley Quinn Animated Series. You're a strong woman who doesn't care what other people think. Right! Exactly! Preach! If I want a crew, I should be looking for scumbags no one else believes in. He just became, like, the least employable person on Earth. Exactly. I didn't just get a crew of bad guys. I got the f***ing worst. Joker, this is my score. Well, it was. Throw Harley out. Harley Quinn. After Harley Quinn breaks up with the Joker, uh, she gets to go and find her own way in the world, and she has to team up with a gaggle of other weirdos, and they go to find her own place in the world. This is more or less the same description as I did for the Birds of Prey movie, because it's more or less the same storyline as far as that goes. I mean, the storyline is pretty dramatically different, but thematically, it's about the breakup between with Joker and, and moving forward from there. That's very much what this series is about. And this is a fun version of of Harley Quinn. This is definitely not my favorite version of Harley Quinn. I, you know, I like the live action version better. I like the Batman the Animated Series version better. But I do think this, this, uh, captures the spirit of Harley Quinn. Kind of the, 
the the fun, lighthearted, uh, kind of frivolous, like making fun and having fun with of everybody and everything with everybody and everything, but then also uh, still having that that core that that makes her who she is, you know. Uh, Poison Ivy is another lead character here, uh, you know, whom, if you don't know, Poison Ivy is Harley Quinn's best friend, and I really enjoyed this version of Poison Ivy, and her dynamic with Harley Quinn is, is so much fun. Uh, they're, they're best friends, and, you know, you can tell they love each other despite how much they annoy each other at different points in this series, more so... <laughs> More so Harley Quinn annoying Poison Ivy, but it does go both ways sometimes, and that's it's very fun. Uh, this shows this show also shows how powerful Poison Ivy is, like how you know how much power she has with the plants and everything, which is very cool. I would love to see Harley Quinn in live action. I mean, yes, Batman and Robin, it technically happened, but it wasn't good. So I would like to see a good version of Poison Ivy in live action, you know, in a Batman movie, probably, or maybe in the Birds of Prey 2 or something. I don't know, but I would like to see Harley. I would like to see Poison Ivy done right in live action because she is a, a very cool Batman villain. But she's also just a cool character because in this movie, and this show, it's not about Batman. Batman shows up in it occasionally, but this show is about Harley Quinn, and it's about her relationship with uh, with Poison Ivy, her relationship with Joker, and her relationship with some of the other people that are on this kind of team that she puts together here. Now, this is a show that I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to make them gay uh, like they, they are now in the comics. Uh, you know, that was, I mean... It's kind of something that's been alluded to even all the way back in, in the animated series, the original animated series, and they definitely made it more obvious in the comic books, especially more recently, uh, but Poison Ivy has a boyfriend in this series, which is weird. I, that surprised me. I mean, honestly, I thought they were, I, I thought what they were going for was the relationship between Harley Quinn and, and Poison Ivy. I thought, okay, that's probably what this is leading up to. And it still potentially is, but, uh, but she has a boyfriend, which is just, it's bizarre. It's especially considering she doesn't like humans. Harley Quinn is like the only human she likes, and then she has now she has a boyfriend. Weird. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's another thing that that kind of makes Poison Ivy an interesting character. I think is her relationship with humanity and her kind of disconnection from uh, humanity is is interesting. I guess in some ways, like the the same ways that makes Swamp Thing interesting. If you find him interesting. The the group of characters here that Harley Quinn recruits is very fun. Uh, you got King Shark, who's just kind of the big goofy guy. Doctor Psycho, who's just kind of crazy and angry, and uh, Clayface, also big goofy guy, I guess. Uh, but their dynamic is is very fun together. Uh, I like how much they play with the DC universe here. Like, not only the Batman characters, but there's also, like, Superman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman characters, and, and Zatanna and stuff that they're, they're touching on all these different aspects of the DC universe, which is very cool. Uh, 
I also appreciate that this is an ongoing story instead of a, a villain of the week kind of thing. Like I was, I was kind of expecting, and that's how a lot of animated series are. This one, it's very much the ongoing story, which is is very cool. Uh, much like the movie, uh, this is about Harley Quinn getting out of and and getting over her relationship with the Joker. And after watching the first episode, I thought that was going to be it, you know? But then, no. This, the, the entire season really is, that is the focus. And, uh, and, and I liked it. I, I liked how they carried that thread throughout the whole season and, and kind of brought it to a climax at the end of the season. I thought that was, that was really well done. Uh, okay, getting into the, some of the negatives here. I mean, the comedy can be really hit or miss. Uh, I mean, sometimes it is really funny. You know, the, the, some of the parodying of the DC Universe and stuff is is very funny, and there's there's some good dark humor in here. Uh, there's some good kind of goofy humor in here. But at the same time, it's, it can just be... It can be very immature, uh, you know, talking about, like, a dog crapping on somebody's face or something. And it's just like, that's... I don't know. I don't find that funny. And, you know, this, uh, there's like this one character in particular that is just extremely annoying and immature and it brings a lot of that kind of humor to the, uh, the story, to the show. And a lot of that, so the humor, yeah, just a lot of that humor can be kind of hit or miss. Some of it I like, and, and some of it's just like, eh, kind of grating. It really seems like they just throw tons of curse words in here because, I don't know, they think it's funny or, or something, I don't know, but it's just kind of a, a gratuitous amount of, of cursing in this show as well. If you think this is a show for kids because it's animated, definitely not. It's it's bloody, it's violent, and there's lots of cursing, it's pretty crude, it's definitely a, an, a, an animated series for adults, in case you were wondering. Now, there's also characters on here that are just really disappointing, you know? James Gordon is so horrible. I hate James Gordon so much in this series. And for a character that is so cool, it's so disappointing to to see him portrayed like this. I, I hate it. He's so lame and awful. Ugh. Uh, also, they make fun of Aquaman. I mean, I feel like that's just kind of a low-blow cheap shot now, you know, but uh, I I don't know. I guess I like Aquaman, so I wish... I mean, I'm fine with making fun of him. They make fun of every character in this series, but, uh, but you know, I don't know. I guess give, give Aquaman a little bit something better to do or something, in my opinion, but whatever. Okay. Uh, this series, it takes a few episodes to get good. You know, it take it, it took me a few episodes to get into it. Watching the first couple episodes, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. You know, I'm watching this, I'm going, I don't know about this. I There's elements I like, but then it's, it's not great. But really, once the story started going, once the story got going, and I could really see how they're pulling this thread through this series, I really started to get into it, and there's some surprisingly, like, sweet and kind of poignant moments in this series that is uh, otherwise very crude and vulgar and kind of over-the-top ridiculous, you know? Um, so overall... I enjoyed it. I think there's definite room for improvement. Uh, will they improve it? I don't know, to be perfectly honest. But I think there's definite room for improvement. And when season two starts, I will be there to watch. And anyone who is a respected supervillain is in the Legion of Doom. That's when you know you've made it. If Joker can get in, so can I. You crossed the line, Quinn. You're going to Arkham. Bye-bye.
with season two coming here, I would like to see them uh, even broaden their horizons a little bit more with, with characters like uh, Batgirl in there, or Catwoman, or Black Canary. I mean, just all the Birds of Prey characters, really. If we could kind of fit them all in there, uh, that could be cool. I would like to see... You know, some their take, I guess, on some of those other characters. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Despite its problems, I'm looking forward to the next season of Harley Quinn. Are you looking forward to it? Have you seen the first season? What do you think about Birds of Prey? What do you think about any of these things? Shoot me an email, HealedTreviewsPodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this movie and this TV show. Coming up on the show, reviews of The Invisible Man. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, and uh, potentially Bloodshot, if I ever get around to seeing that movie. I gotta see that movie, but I, I haven't yet, so look forward to those. That's it for this time. This is David Arrington of the Helix Reviews Podcast, signing out. Bye-bye, guys. So apparently Harley Quinn season two has already started. The first episode is out. I just finished watching the first episode of season two. And I'd say this is a pretty strong start to the second season. They're uh, not afraid to go in crazy directions, which is cool. You know, they're not afraid to uh, change what we would know as the typical DC universe in order to fit the universe of this show, uh, which is cool. And it, it makes it for something fun something different and the the way that they're setting up this season seems interesting so I'm looking forward to the rest of it